You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns, best way to reach us if you want to give us your insight, give us your thoughts. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the comments of a one Charles O'Minahue, a quarterback situation, potentially. We're going to get into part two of my roundtable with Stephen Simcox of Locked On TCU, Joshua Neighbors of Locked On Big 12, and we'll be joined for this segment with... John Williams, Locked On Sooners, as we talk a little bit about the All-Big 12 snubs. Uh, and then coming up a little bit later, we'll talk a little bit about some takeaways from the PFF college stats, kind of end of the year, things that I I took away from it. Uh, we'll get into all that today. But first, I want to start with the comments made by one Charles Minahue. Now, most people know Charles is now defensive end with the Houston Texans. He is not somebody who's shied away from being vocal on social media about Tom Herman. In a response to a tweet where somebody said nobody can mess, basically mess with Oklahoma after winning their fourth straight Big 12 championship game, after winning their sixth straight Big 12 championship total, uh, he said, my senior year, if we had better coaching, we would have whooped them. He has since deleted that tweet. But it's not a shock. Charles Aminahue is a Charlie Strong guy. He was recruited by Charlie Strong. Other players who were recruited by Charlie Strong, like Deshaun Elliott, no fan of Tom Herman. Uh, as many people know, the Longhorns lost that Big 12 championship game 39-27. Uh, but that's some strong words. And obviously, two of the coaches that were coaching in that game are no longer a part of the Texas Longhorns. Tim Beck is now the offensive coordinator at North Carolina. Todd Orlando is the defensive coordinator at USC. Could that team have beaten Oklahoma with their current coaches? Possibly. Possibly could have. But we're not going to play the hindsight game. I just thought it was interesting that with all that's being said about Tom Herman, Charles decided to take a shot at Tom Herman once again. Obviously, he deleted the tweet. But it's out there. Uh, You know, and that that was uh, reported by Burn Orange Nation, the SB Nation, Texas Longhorns website. Not surprising at all. Not one bit. All right, so let's talk about this quarterback situation. Going into this next season, there was a. Really, we thought we were going to see, even with Ellinger gone, we thought we were going to have Jalen Milrow, who was committed until late in the process. Hudson Card, Jaquinda Jackson, Casey Thompson, all battling it out for the quarterback spot. Jalen Milrow decommitted. He's gone. 
So they bring in Charles Wright. Charles Wright is not near the, the caliber of Jalen Milrow, but more the style that Mike Yersich seems to like. So then you look at Hudson Card. A lot of people like Hudson. They think he's the guy. Casey Thompson has been the understudy for the last two years, but doesn't feel like he's going to probably get a good shot at it. At least it doesn't feel that way. So that's that's where we are with with those guys. Jaquinta Jackson, obviously he's gone. He is opting to take his shot in Utah. And now that's kind of crowded. Cameron Rising is a former Texas quarterback commit, signee, and transfer to Utah. He's joined by Jaquinta Jackson. Oh, by the way, graduate transfer from Baylor, Charlie Brewer. So he went from one convoluted mess, that quarterback situation, to another. But who could they look at? Hendon Hooker? He's a transfer from Virginia Tech. But he seems like he's similar to Sam Ellinger. I don't know that that would be a good fit because he's that dual threat style that obviously Mike Yersis doesn't want. Grant Gannell out of Arizona. He's a guy, he stands six foot six. He's very similar to Mason Rudolph, who was arguably the best quarterback for Mike Yersis at, at Oklahoma State. Chase Bryce from Duke. He transferred from Clemson to Duke. And now he's transferring again, but here's my big thing. The guy is, the, the thing for him is he threw 15 interceptions this year in 11 games. If David Cutcliffe can't get winning play out of him, why do I think Mike Yersich can? I don't know that I believe it, but maybe a change of pace, a change of scenery. Maybe he needs to get out of the Carolinas and, and maybe Texas is a good spot for him. I don't know. These, these names are speculative. I don't have any information on them. I'm just spitballing here because obviously I feel like they're going to need another quarterback. Jack Cohn, Wisconsin, led the Wisconsin Badgers to the Big Twelve, uh, the Big Ten championship two years ago or last season. He got better as the season went on, and they like to run the football there and then throw off the throw off the run. Something that Texas would like to do. They like to run the football, and they have one of the best running backs in the country. And B. John Robinson, I should say best young quarterback, or running backs. Tanner Mordecai was the guy that I listed on this article, but he has now since committed to play at SMU. Those are some of the guys that I was just looking at. Do any of them make sense? I don't know that any of them make sense, but I feel like they need a third quarterback in this competition. Because I don't think Charles Wright is going to be able to pick up the offense fast enough straight out of high school. Uh... And be in that competition. I think it comes down to Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. Now, the only problem is, is if they do decide to go with another quarterback in the transfer portal, what kind of message does that send to Casey Thompson? And does he follow some of these other quarterbacks and transfer out? A once crowded quarterback situation in Texas is now not so crowded. It's going to be interesting to see how it works out. We're probably not going to find out right away, but it was one situation. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get into my roundtable part two conversation where we talk about the all Big 12 team snubs. But I want to ask you, do you ever feel like you're always on the go? Do you need a moment to chill? Do you need to re hit the reset button? I'll tell you what. These days being everything is go, 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 nonstop hustle all the time, work, friends, family, million pressing social issues. An expectation to be on 24-7. But if you need a moment to hit that reset button and chill, that's when you reach 
for Coors Light because it is made to chill. There's only one beer out there literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Even if your team isn't playing, there are plenty of teams, sports on TV. Tonight, NBA is tipping off their regular season for the 2020-21 season. You can watch former Longhorn Kevin Durant with his new team. Even if there's no football or your team's not playing, there is a sport. Grab Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport, any team, just to drink beer. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, cold packaged, literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So get the beer made from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. We always want to ask you to celebrate responsibly. So when the moment is right, when you need to chill, reach for that beer. I'm talking Coors Light. The great thing is you don't have to go anywhere. They can bring it right to you. To get Coors Light in their new look delivered straight to your door, go to get.coorslight.com. All right, with college football, bowl season coming, I know you're ready for some football. And as they head into bowl season, there's going to be some big matchups throughout the week. In these next two weeks, uh, the NFL regular season finishing up. Uh, they got two more weeks. The playoff pitchers are becoming more clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account for betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. To receive 50% welcome bonus. The top college football games. I mean, those are going to be coming. But Texas in the Alamo Bowl against Colorado. There's the game. If you want to get in on the action, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbooks experts. All right, before we finish out our conversation for part two of our roundtable, I just want to remind you that betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All Big 12 team. First, first team quarterback was uh, a one Brock Purdy, and second was Sam Ellinger. Was the off? Did it feel like somebody was missing? Are you referencing Jalen Daniels of Kansas? Absolutely. Is that what we're talking about here? Uh, was that, I'm more I, of a Miles Kendrick guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Kendrick. Can yeah. we nominate them both as as a tandem? No, um, Spencer Rattler missing. Yeah, like. Brock Purdy's end run was really good, and so was Spencer Rattler's. And I understand. I mean, Rattler missing from the list is bad, right? That is just where would you put him? I'd I'd put him second because I think I think Iowa State's play down the backstretch, especially on offense when they were hammering teams. I think the Kansas State and West Virginia wins are the ones that come most to the forefront. And also that last drive against, I mean, the last drive against Texas too, like they were all over him. I, I think his his play had a lot to do with that. Um, Rattler's team, this is not, I mean, not something I fully subscribe to, but also they did get better when they got a running back and a defensive lineman who are two of their most important players back on the team. So I think that, and, and you could argue that's when the season turned. But I think Brock Purdy for that back stretch 
I'd give him one. I put Rattler too, like just behind him. And, and there is a case for Rattler. Okay. Uh, Steven, what do you think? How do you rank the top two quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, I think Josh is right. I'd probably put Rattler too. You know, they're both inconsistent, but, um, and I'm talking about Purdy and Rattler, that is. Um, but yeah, I feel like you have to have Rattler on the list. Uh, he's just, he was so great down the stretch, and that offense was completely different. That's probably how I'd I'd rank those two guys. I don't even have Brock in my top two. You hate okay. him so much. Your I, your Twitter is just like a lot of it's just it's just Brock Purdy slander. Is what it is. It, it is Brock Purdy slander because I, I think he's a good quarterback. That's I think he's good. Now I'm going to tell you this: I had Spencer Rattler as QB one in my All Big Twelve picks. I had Sam number two because I thought they were the two best quarterbacks this year. And yes, that sounds like a homer, but the fact is I think Sam is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think Brock has better coaching and that is why he played better. But who do I, do I think Brock is a a better NFL prospect? Absolutely. I think Sam is a really good college quarterback because of his ability to run and throw. Uh, He's not the greatest thrower, uh, but I will say that's that's where I have them. I mean, it's based on what you did on the field, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that I'm 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 arguing the opposite of what I'd argue in the, the Heisman race. I think Kyle Trask should be up there one or two. Um, I like, but a lot of people, you know, you watch Trevor Lawrence play one game yesterday, and people are like, it's best player in college football, right? And Spencer Rattler, or you know, Sam Ellinger rather, is a great college quarterback. But sometimes you watch him and you say, well, other guys are more talented or better, so. Yeah, I mean that's it's totally a fair argument. Totally a fair argument with having him on the list. Uh, I, I did find it interesting that there were a lot of Sooners upset uh, with the fact that they weren't on first team defense. Did any of them have an argument to be on the list? Stephen, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you go first in this one. Sooners on first team defense. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, Perkins only played like half the season. Nobody really comes to mind for me that was just like an, a super obvious snub. But I'll let you, I'll let you jump in here, Josh. He'd be the one because the way he changed the defense, right, like the yeah. defense looked like it looked different. I mean, other players played with more energy because he was there. Like there was more confidence in their ability to get after the quarterback to stop the run. We like you saw it yesterday. That that the way they stopped the run against Iowa State the first time looked a lot different than the way the second or the uh, the second time rather looked different than the first time. So he's the one I'd go to. Um, I'm trying to remember who else they wanted on this defense, uh, Patrick. If we could refresh my memory, who else Sooners fan wanted? Uh, uh, probably Nick Benito. That is the other one I heard a bunch. I mean. I have no problem with him being on the list. Sure, if you want to make the the homer, you know, OU fans want to make the homer case for it, that's fine. Yeah, I would. I uh, honestly thought that they they had it pretty pretty good. I think because uh, let's let's just talk defensive ends real quick uh, when we're when we're talking about this. Joseph Asai was named first team Big Twelve. I don't think there was anybody. Daquan Bailey probably were your two best defensive ends this year. Uh, you could probably make a case for the uh, the kid from Kansas State, and his name's like escaping me. Uh, uh, Wyatt Wyatt Hebert. Yeah. Oh, he was first team. He was first team. 
Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Uh, for some reason, when when I look at these, uh, when you look at the the all Big Twelve teams or all anything teams, they just put DL, 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 DL. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's just four defensive linemen. Yes. Give me defensive tackles. Give me two defensive tackles, two defensive ends. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Joseph aside for sure. And I know you know maybe Ronnie Perkins had more sacks than a Joseph aside, but. Uh, Joseph Asai is a guy who gives you relentless motor all of the time. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be on there. Like, uh, he he single-handedly won Texas' biggest game of the season, right? That game against Oklahoma State, he won that football game. Like, he was the best player on the field on a field full of guys who we believe are going to be a talents at the next level. He stood out like nobody else did. Um, and and that was an entire year, too. And also playing through injury at times as well, Patrick, as you, as you know very well. He did that, sticking that out. So, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to say a defensive player of the year award uh, on the on the all first-team defense, it goes to Joseph Asai of Texas. Yeah, um, I think, you know, it's easy to say maybe Ronnie Perkins should have been a consideration, but considering he only played maybe half the season, I, I understand why he was left off the first-team all-Big 12. Uh, but you look at a guy like Isaiah Thomas and you know, he's the one that I really felt like um, was the snub. I mean, he was what, second in the big 12 in sacks uh, led the league in pressures according to pro football focus. And so, you know, that to me, that's the, the really the big, you know, the big snub. If you're going to bring five uh, defensive linemen to the all big 12 team, then you got to consider that Isaiah Thomas is one of the best five in the big 12. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, you're dead on there. And I think we, we pretty much all kind of, uh, we're in agreement on, on who should be involved, who should. All right, before we get into looking at some of these stats, uh, I got to tell you about Build Go. Build Go is the solution of breaking through a wall, whether it's a mental wall, a physical wall, or you just need to get up and go. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase so that you are focused for your presentation at the office. Put it in your golf bag so you can power through that back nine or just put it in your pocket so you can get through your day. Build Go is the best workout gel on the market. So right now, if you're trying to get back, you need your energy. Get Build Go. It's five hour energy without the same crash failing. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a Monster with a third of the caffeine, better results. My favorite flavor, peanut butter honey. You can also get the chocolate mint or chocolate coconut. Bill Go combines a energy gel with a collagen protein that is fast-absorbing, so it gets in your system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff is literally makes you look better, and it makes you feel better. Because you're going to have that energy. Go to bit, go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, let's go. All right, before we get into these stats for PFF, I just want to remind you, every Tuesday... On the Locked On NFL Podcast, Luke Braun, Ross Jackson, breaking down Monday Night Football action, the top fantasy storylines around the NFL with Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're looking at these numbers. 
And one of the big issues that I have with Texas was the fact that they were forcing the ball down the field with Sam Ellinger at a much higher rate than anybody else in the conference. Sam Ellinger took 66 deep shots in the game, in games this week, or this year, I'm sorry. He completed 19, that's 28.8%. There was no quarterback with at least 25 attempts that had a lower completion percentage. The only two guys that were lower uh, threw 22 and 18 apiece. So we're talking Jalen Daniels at Kansas went 5 for 22. And then Will Howard at Kansas State went 3 for 18. Those were worse. But nobody had a lower percentage who did at least 25. The best quarterback this year in taking deep shots was Oklahoma Spencer Rattler. Why do you think Oklahoma was so good? Because they were dynamic and they were able to get the ball down the field. He completed 51.9% of those shots, 11 touchdowns. An NFL passer rating of 121. Sam Ellinger's was 86. He had seven touchdowns, three interceptions. And what was even worse is he only completed 26% of those deep shots when he's thrown outside the numbers. Sam Ellinger cannot throw down the field. That is a huge issue. And the fact that Mike Yurcich and Tom Herman called those deep shots as often as they did. Nobody did it as much. Jarrett Dagey, 60 times. He was the second highest. Rattler at 52. Sanders at 47. And it just went down from there. Of quarterbacks that had at least double digits... In their yards per attempt, Sam Ellinger was last, 10.2. That's a problem, and that's why I think that they need to use their playmakers more. B. John Robinson had the highest elusive rating of any running back in the Big 12, according to Pro Football Focus. His elusive rating was 152. There wasn't anybody within 40 points of him. He is dynamic, but that is the problem. Tom Herman does not use his top athletes. That's what he needs to do. He needs to use his top athletes. He should be using their top athletes. Uh, it's And it's not just Bijan. I mean, Roshan is really good, but I think Roshan is your good change of pace back. Keontae Ingram and Roshan should be splitting snaps when everyone is healthy. Bijan Robinson should be your bell cow. There's no reason why Bijan Robinson doesn't get 20 touches. B. John Robinson had the 11th most snaps of any running back in the Big 12 this year. He had the 4th most yards after contact. He forces missed tackles, or he will run through you. He is dynamic in that way. He reminds me a ton of what I thought of Ezekiel Elliott when he was coming out of Ohio State in the 2016 draft. A guy who's dynamic, he's fast, he's powerful. He's your best running back. You should use him. But that brings me to another point. A guy like Cade Brewer, who announced he's coming back. I kind of think he's a progress stopper. Why? Because you have Jared Wiley, who played half as many snaps as Cade Brewer, but he outperformed him. They had the same amount of receptions, but yet Wiley averaged almost 10 yards more per reception than Cade Brewer. Oh, by the way, He's a dynamic red zone threat, but instead of throwing to him, they want to run Sam Ellinger 15 times running quarterback power when they should be using Bijan or play action and throw to these big-time wide receivers. That's what they need to be doing, but they're not doing those things. 
that's a huge issue. For a coach that screams about competition, I don't see the competition. I see loyalty to guys that you like, that you brought in, that you think are better practice players. But when the lights come on, play the guys who are the best players on the team. Jared Wiley is just one example. Bijan Robinson is another. We saw what happened to this offense when they played Bijan. They were much better when they ran the football. Oh, by the way, they wanted to play Christian Jones? Andre Carrick didn't allow a single pressure when they put him in. Christian Jones was one of the worst in the Big 12. Dizel Okafor, one of the worst in the Big 12. They were top five, and that's not a stat you want in allowing quarterback pressures. They should have moved Derek Kerstetter out to right tackle earlier in the season. Play Jake Majors because he showed that he is more than capable of handling the center role. Andre Carrick showed that he looks like he's the next guy in line to be a Samuel Cosme out at the left tackle. They're not playing the best guys. Jaron Thompson on defense. That's what they got to do. They got to play those guys. This is not a campaign to fire Tom Herman. This is a campaign to want more from your head coach. And that's what I'm saying. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I want to thank Stephen Simcox, John Williams, Joshua Nevers, Locked on Big 12 team of podcasts. Make sure you check them out wherever you get your podcasts. But for them, this is Patrick. I'll see you tomorrow. Hook them.